right, 301-230-0980. That's how you get to us here on a Friday morning. It's a football Friday, breezy outside, but the sun's out, much better than yesterday. Get out out there and enjoy it. And if you're on your way to work, the store to get some final Christmas gifts. Be careful out there today. Certainly a few less of you out there, though. It was a good trip into work this morning. Talking Giants and Commanders. What's it going to take Washington trying to overcome the seven-win ceiling so far that they've enjoyed under Ron Rivera? This is a chance to get to 8-5-1. and one. This is a chance to continue week by week here to put yourself in the mind's eye of not only us locally, but the national media. You're a relevant football franchise again. And more importantly, when you're relevant, that means in the offseason, people that you might be interested in and that could help your football team also become interested in your franchise because of your relevancy. And this is why winning is important. This is why getting to, God forbid, 10 wins would be great because Pedro predicted them to win 10 (laughs) at the beginning of the season. But... The fact is, you win 10 games, you are much more relevant to potential free agents in the offseason. More agents are going to look at your franchise uh, as a potential, you know, shopping place for their athlete. Correct. And, And that's, to me, that's also kind of a sidebar into why it's important to win like this. Because if you look around at this club, it's a lot of young pieces on this club to like. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's going to be some guys that are going to be here a while that they're putting together a sneaky good core yeah. of players that if you 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 just tweak it with the right person in the offseason, you know, you get that refurbished part from the wrong mechanic, that part breaks down on you. But if you get the right refurbished, just like when people buy refurbished computers, you can get a good one. You can also get a bad one. But if you get the right refurbished parts to add, plus, you know, a draft pick or two here and there, you know, I mean, this team has drafted sneaky well here the, the last couple of years. Right. They're getting people that are producing. You're you're getting potential elite corner play out of a guy like Benjamin St. Juice. You you really like what you're seeing in where a, a player like him is going. Cam Curl is well-documented, is well-outplayed his draft position. Uh, for this team. So there are some things to like about a young core of players and a good young core is what's attractive maybe to that veteran free agent Mm -hmm. that you're going to be shopping for in the offseason, the potential middle linebacker, uh, maybe, maybe even quarterback again. But again, if Heineke gets you to the promised land, I'm telling you, you can sell it to your fans next year going into camp next year you're going to have a competition between Heineke and Howe right. for the job. I think this team wins on Sunday night. Mm-hmm. I don't think it'll be pretty. I don't think it'll be Is it like, ever pretty? No. Well, I mean, I guess you could say Houston was sort of pretty, but I wouldn't even consider that pretty. Well, that was a le- I would say it's Houston was less stressful. Okay, fine. Be- better description than pretty, yeah. no doubt. I don't think it'll be pretty, but I think it'll be semi-effective, if not mostly effective. I, I you know, I, I don't. I see like seventeen, thirteen, somewhere in that range, maybe a touchdown, maybe. Um, but I see it coming from the defense or special teams more than just purely the offense. But that's me. That being said, I love your point about how this game can be a vehicle to change perception around the National Football League. 
And what I mean by that is, look, they've drafted well like you just chronicled. Allen, Payne, Montez, Curl, St. Juiced, um, so Robinson. on and so forth. R- R- Brian Robinson. Antonio Terry Gibson. Mc- Terry McLaurin. Antonio Gibson. Um, you know, so on and so forth. They've also, so far, depending on who we're talking about, spent the money it takes to keep their core, i.e. Terry McLaurin, Jonathan Allen, right? So far. Mm-hmm. Now, they're not going to be able to keep everybody. So, like, somebody like Cole Holcomb, somebody like Antonio Gibson, somebody like, you know, who, I, I mean, maybe, I, well, I mean maybe, again, it, maybe it's, you know, eventually Jahanda. I don't here's know. The other reason why, here's the other reason why potentially you go into selling your fan base on Heineke versus Hal as a camp competition next year. Because Ron likes competition. Ron, I'll tell you that. Ron wants competition at every position. Ron changes his message like he changes his underwear. Though. But he changes his message based on how his team is playing and what's important. And and part of that would be, would you sacrifice the potential 20-plus million you have to pay at the quarterback spot mm-hmm. to Wentz. resign to Ron Payne right now? For Wentz, you mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, of course. I mean, if you, I mean, if but, you uh, asked, but for anybody, I like, mean, if th- you asked a hundred Commanders fans or a hundred jabronis on the street, they would say Deron. Because Heineke, Heineke's not uh, even if Heineke takes right. you to the playoffs, Heineke's not costing you twenty million next year. The question becomes, what is Heineke's market? If again things continue in this vein, again where he's clearly not. The reason but I why they're making Chris, as the long playoffs, as they don't but he is a contributing him. factor. In other words, if somebody puts $10, $12 a year for a couple of years uh, on the table for him, you know, you're going to say to Taylor, look, if it gets to it, if it gets to it where they don't extend him before he gets to the open market, you you tell him, look, go find find your best offer. We understand you, you know, this is your one chance to get to free agency. Go find your best offer, bring it back to us, and as long as it's not, you know, outrageous, we'll probably match it or or or, or go buy it. But there's nobody, nobody's giving him. I don't think a team. I'll be shocked if anybody. I mean, you might have a desperate club that goes to 15, maybe a year in terms of annual value, but I can't see even a desperate club going past 15. That's still if you match that. That still puts you in a really good position fiscally if you want to re-sign right. Deron Payne. Right. Because to me, Payne has earned, just like John Allen, John Allen earned, John Allen put you in that position where you had to sign him to that Deron contract. Deron Payne has become an immediate priority this yes, season. Absolutely. Whereas Number you one know, priority. You know before the season, I said, well, they'll probably keep him, but I wouldn't do a long-term deal. I just franchised it. He's become a priority re-sign, and you'd like to avoid the fr- the franchise tag if you can at all. Because once you start with the franchise tag, you go down the road of Kirk Cousins and Brandon Sheriff, where the agent, not that they won't do a long-term deal, but they kind of just the agent's going to always the the agent's always going to pressure the team. It's a game of chicken. Yeah. Okay. The team's going to say we'll give you three. The agent's going to say I want four. 
You know, the, the team's going to say, we'll give you four. The agent's going to say, I want five. Because they want long-term security for their client. Right. I mean, that that's that's a game of chicken where somebody's got to blink and go, well, four's our final offer. So basically what we're saying is, if you could get Deron Payne on a long-term contract extension, however that would look, probably an annual value of $18, 19000000 million a year, uh, two and a half, three years guaranteed, but also bring back Taylor Heineke, say, on a three-year deal and mm-hmm. essentially guarantee him two full years of those three years and maybe have an average, I don't know, let's just say $12 million per year, right? And and maybe he gets $25 million fully guaranteed or whatever the numbers would be. If those were your top two things this offseason, right? Mm-hmm. Is that a is that a successful offseason before you add anybody else? Yeah, I mean, if, especially if your conviction is that he's your quarterback, right? Uh, going into next season. Well, well, I don't know if that's the conviction. The conviction would be that if that's hey, not listen, your conviction. He, first of all, if that's not your conviction, then you're not in the twelve to fifteen million dollar okay, year. But the range. conviction would be: listen, there's there's no there's nothing maybe greater out there that we can spend our money on. Well, that, and that's that's where Heineke's in a, a great bargaining right. position, and we don't have the resources to then turn around and make another trade. Because we blew it on Wentz. I mean, if you, I mean, if you looked at, okay, if you looked at the free agent, just just for argument's sake, Daniel Jones, Mitch Trubisky, who's going to get let go in Pittsburgh, Tom Brady, Tom Brady aside, <laughs> okay, um, who else is going to be a free agent quarterback? Uh, Re- remember though, Russell, Jimmy Garoppolo, right? Obviously. Remember, remember though. The good teams Gino usually, Smith. The good teams usually already have quarterbacks. So where's Tom going to be shopping? Where's Tom going to go shopping at next well, year? Well, I'm 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 fascinated by the could he still go back to San Francisco thing and it, you know, if Brock Purdy gets exposed type of thing. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo is not not going back to he just can't stay healthy. I'm just saying, I mean, Washington is Tom, not Washington. If he wants to play next year, Washington is not a as bad a no, play I agree. as that's why I wouldn't think. rule it out. I, I mean, I don't think he would probably want to play here if Dan was still the owner. But if somehow, some way, Bezos and Jay Z and whoever, I mean, could what, get, what, you know, because right. Tom is like that. Tom when, likes that whole. You know, that remember, Kyler Murray is probably going to be out for most of next season. If you were in oh. Arizona. Would Tom entertain Arizona? Oh, that's interesting. You know, would he when he entertain Arizona? That's interesting. You know, uh, that's a messy franchise right now. It, very much so. So I'm just saying, you look at the options that are out there. How about New York Jets? Hmm. Broadway Tom, huh? Broadway New York, Brady. New York Jets. Well, how about the New York Giants? If they New let York Daniel Giants, Giants uh, sure. Daniel Jones, no go. weapons though. I know. I mean, how how attractive but they would they dude, would clearly about sign some Yeah, guys. but how attractive would Washington be with all the weapons they have? Yes, they'd be I, an attractive group. I mean, the answer, group. The, the answer to that is yes. There's defense here, but but this goes There's back to core offensively. Right, this goes back to what you started this with those the Sunday night stage. Even though I hate Sunday night games, I hate Monday night games, I hate Thursday night games, I hate all night games because it sucks. But the Sunday night stage provides you an opportunity to sell this franchise, to market this franchise, not just to get people to buy commander's gear, but to your point, to go to get agents and players around the NFL to go, hmm, 
you know what? If they could just get rid of the devil, if they could just get rid of all that dysfunction and all that drama, if Jay-Z and Jeff Bezos come aboard or if fill-in-the-blank owner comes aboard and somehow that happens before March, which I don't think it will, but whatever, could I, could I see myself there? And if you're watching that game, if you're Tom Brady, you go, hmm, Miami's not going to work out the way it was looking like. Uh, you mentioned Arizona, San Francisco. They have Trey Lance, obviously off of a major injury, and Brock Purdy. Is that going to work out the way? I don't know about that. Uh, like, you start to wonder. You say, okay, yeah, I could see myself in that environment. I could see myself McLaren, with that defense. Dotson, sure. Samuel. Absolutely. That's why it's so important to – and even if they don't win on Sunday night, which I do think they will find a way to win this game, I don't think it'll be pretty. I don't think it'll be, like, super effective. Even if they don't find a way – if the atmosphere is rocking, uh, if if the, the television cameras are shaking – in a big spot or in a couple of big spots, I think that will resonate around the NFL. Again, maybe not to Tom Brady level. Maybe he doesn't even watch the game. But Don Yee's going to watch the game. Mm-hmm. And Lee Steinberg's going to watch the game. And, um, uh, you know, name your uh, – Drew Rosenhaus is going to watch the game. And they're going to say, well, maybe Washington has finally changed around the culture. Maybe Ron's really got this thing going in the right direction. Oh, and look at all that. Oh, and look at that atmosphere. Now, I am a little concerned how many free tickets they're giving away. Like, quite honestly, I mean, Jonathan Allen is giving away a bunch through the commanders on the fan. Okay, a bunch. Uh, And... There was, which is okay, uh, and, by the and, way. and the team has given out, you know, like like had uh, B. Mitch was talking about yesterday about a big event at Dulles, whatever. Like I get community outreach, I get networking, I get exposing the product, all of that. I get that they want a big home field. I get all that. I still worry a little bit about how many tickets are actually available. I, again, I just don't know, but I, I do think it will be a good atmosphere on Sunday night. I don't know if it'll be as raucous and as rowdy as people want it to be, but I think it'll be a good to pretty good atmosphere on Sunday Do you, do you think night. if they signed Tom Brady that he would have to get permission from John Beck, Tom Flick, Steve Cox, Kirk Cousins, who wore number 12 mm. his first year mm. uh, with Washington before he moved to number eight. Mm-hmm. Tony Banks. Would Tom mm-hmm. have to get permission from those guys to wear that famed number uh, with the Washington franchise? Probably not. Okay, I'm just saying. By the way, did you know before Dwayne, Joe Theismann was the only guy to wear number seven? Oh, yeah. For the Washington franchise? Yeah. The only guy? Yeah. So... That's pretty amazing when you talk about a football franchise that loves to tell you they've been around since 1932. Let's get I mean, to the phones. Yeah. 301-230-0980. Hit us on Twitter at WrestleMania621 if you can't call in. At Pete Medhurst, Jr. in Fort Meade online. One gets us going here in Touchdown at 10. What's up, Junior? Good morning, fellas. Listen, um, before I get started, Matt, I, I love that young man. Every time I call in, he asks me how my day is going. 
I I am a fan of Matt, and if he ever goes on the air, I will be the first listener to ever call into his show. I love that young man. Everything about him screams that he works hard. I just love calling him when he's there. I, you know, Junior, I want to, I want to, I wanted it to stand alone. You know, um, I think you're absolutely right. I think that's the second time we're going to be in total agreement with each other. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The next thing uh, before I get on to Scott Turner, F. Jeff Bezos. Now that being said, uh, Scott Turner it seems to me last year before the Tampa game. He came up with a game plan. I don't know if it was because he had that two-week bye or the, the bye before the Tampa game. He came up with a game plan that was absolutely brilliant. This year against Philly, I think he had 10 days, if I'm not mistaken. He came up with a game plan that was absolutely brilliant. Now, this time, the first game against the Giants, I was worried that I I didn't think they were going to win. I just it was the Giants. I didn't think he was going to be able to come up. But, but with the two weeks uh, or with the bye now, I think that he has done it enough times to show that he's capable of putting a great game plan together if he has the time. I, I'm not worried about this game whatsoever. So I think he is the uh, key to winning this game is his play calling for this game in particular. Junior, appreciate it. Uh yeah, I mean, look, Scott. Scott's always going to be a lightning rod, no matter what. If the offense is great, it's because the players are great. If the offense sucks, it's because Scott didn't, you know, uh, put together a game plan that was effective. He can't win one way or right. the other. Is Scott the reason why they tied last week, in your eyes? Uh, absolutely not. I agree. There were players open, plays to be made, not enough plays made. Now, they made some plays. They made some plays, but... Not enough. The only thing that I think you have to put the blame on both is what they're doing in the red zone. That has to get cleaned up. Well, isn't that where some of the big misses have happened? A couple of the, the big last misses. Two weeks? No question. No question. So, you know, I think there, I still think, exe- look, play execution is still a 70 30 situation, players to coordinator. Okay. Players are going to make plays. Like, in, in 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 basketball, a lot of times it's not a you know you know everybody thinks you got to come across half court and go two two we're gonna run play number two no that's not it you have concepts and you play off of those concepts guys make plays players make plays off of concepts okay simple concepts sometimes a simple concept if blocked correctly can produce great results and Scott with some simple concepts has guys wide open and the quarterback can't hit them now is that on Scott Turner of course not. But the perception is, oh, Scott can't Scott can't find an offense in the red zone that works. No, that's not the case. Guys are open. You know, if you call a running play, everybody wants to run the ball in the red zone. Well, if the play only gets two yards, oh, he didn't read and scheme up a run play. No, the guys didn't block well. Defense made a play. That's not Scott's fault. There's only so many things you can do Wait, in terms but, of exotic it, run plays. Wasn't it Scott's fault that on third and nine last week they threw a wide receiver screen that got blown up and he's a horrible offensive coordinator? Now that was an instance where I would have an issue with the offensive coordinator. Okay. I would, in fact, I would have an but issue with did, the offensive coordinator on all three of the plays, maybe not the first play. I don't mind running the first play. But was that not a matter of or non-execution as opposed to the play call, design, concept? 
like Chris. I mean, you know, again, I can. When, when they've had as many, when they've maybe. had as many failed screens as they've had this year, yeah. to me, it comes down. It comes down to design and concept because you don't have the people in totality, right, to get out there and make the necessary blocks on the play. Either the wide receivers aren't blocking, the offensive lineman that's got to get out there and help, or a tight end, something like that. You know. Because, I mean, look, this offensive line is not built with a lot of great pullers. No, I agree. You know, you're not bringing somebody from the left side with great success pulling to the right, which is why having Turner out there, because Norwell, that's not Norwell's strength. Mm -hmm. Norwell's not a guy that's going to pull for that left guard spot and beat everybody outside the right tackle to help lead, you know, know, pulling on a play where Mm -hmm. you see that from time to time. But that I, I just... It was as soon as Samuel made that run, that made that play, they went ultra conservative, conservative, conservative. We're going to let Thunder Thigh Sly kick one from 55 and win the game. Because that's what they played for in terms of play calling there. Was it because they didn't trust players on their team to make a play vertically? Or they thought it was just the safe play to throw it horizontally? I think they realized that they couldn't hold up on third and nine. Oh, unless yeah, they got, no doubt. Unless they no got doubt. rid of it really quick. I agree with you 100%. I agree with you 100% because the Giants' pass rush was dialed in at that point, yeah. and, and they were getting home yeah. uh, more often than not. 301-230-0980. More of your calls as Touchdown at 10 continues on the Team 980, streaming live for free on the Odyssey app. Three zero one two three zero zero nine eighty. Come and get some on a Russell and Medhurst football Friday. We're here till noon. Burgundy and gold today at that time. Hey, Burgundy and Burgundy, Ronnie Burgundy. More like maroon and maroon coming up this week for Washington. Aren't you excited about the uh, uniform combo? I'm more excited for the news I was waiting. I'm more excited for maroon and maroon than I was that combination. Seattle looked like they. Seattle looked like the team that had uh, had their pants stolen from their locker room. Mm So they went with their color rush jersey and then regular pants. Yeah. See, I don't I interesting I, combination by Seattle this last This has got to be because I'm old, right? Well, I'm older, than, just, I'm older I than I know, you. but I just don't care about uniforms. Okay. Well, I mean, that's fine. You're this is America, Jack. I, no, no, no. I'm, I'm As I'm Cleo just, McDowell I'm said, this is America, like, Jack. There were Commanders fans that were like, "Oh, like the biggest thing on their mind this week was what color uniforms are they going to wear on Sunday night?" Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "I don't give a mm. At all. And when they announced it yesterday, I was like, oh, the news we've all been waiting I for. I did see that. I, I, I could – your sarcasm. You could, it was dripping with sarcasm. Yes. I, I could Here, sense your sarcasm here's, completely. Here's what I care more about before we get to the calls real quickly. Seth Walder from ESPN Analytics just put this up. Mm-hmm. And we've kind of talked about this in indirect terms, what have you, uh, and sort of direct terms. Uh, you know I'm very worried about the Giants pass rush on Sunday night. Five sacks against the Commanders two weeks ago. Four sacks, even though they were drubbed against a really good offensive line and Jalen Hurts last week. I think this is ultimately going to be what keeps the Giants in the game and gives them a chance to win the game. However, they don't have that one dominant pass rusher like a lot of other teams do. But even when you get past this week, 
We've talked about this, again, sort of directly, indirectly. According to ESPN Analytics, in terms of pass win, pass rush wins, number one is Chris Jones for Kansas City. 60 pass rush wins in 13 games. Number two, guy will be here January 1st, Miles Garrett of the Browns. 58 in 12 games, one less game. Number three. And Miles Garrett's been doing it battling through some injuries, yes. too. Well, and hence one less game than Chris mm-hmm. Jones. Number three, Micah Parsons, who will be here the week after that. Now, we don't know if Dallas will need that game or not, but right now he will be here. But Micah might need it for some incentives. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and then sixth on that list, Nick Bosa, mm-hmm. who we'll see in living color next, next Saturday night yes. or Saturday afternoon. So I think over the next four games, now again, we don't know about injuries. We don't know if Dallas will need that game, so on and so forth. But we established earlier in the show, Bosa and the 49ers are playing for something next Saturday. Presumably, Miles Garrett will be okay to play on January 1st. We don't know about Micah Parsons, but my point being is they are about to take on a unit-wide, really good pass rush that, pass with, an, with an aggressive elite. defensive coordinator Sunday night, yeah. and then three elite individual yep. pass rush. To me, this is going to be where this whole Taylor Heineke thing, and whether they make the playoffs, don't make the playoffs, what kind of offense and operation they are, if they can't figure out a way to neutralize some of these guys – it's going to be on like Donkey Kong. I got I got a funny tweet. I got to read you here in a second. Uh, Mark says, I can't understand why Washington fans are looking for another quarterback outside the organization. I was reading this line by line as I was pulling it up. I didn't see the whole tweet at first. Mm-hmm. And I was going, okay, here's another guy. He goes, uh, why they'd be looking for another quarterback outside the organization. He might already be here. If you like Purdy, you may love Howell. <laughs> I thought he was going to say Heineke, but he said Howell. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. Um, the Beard Tim, walk on water too. Always a good tweeter. Except there's a guy, there's a ministerial advisor to the South Australian government named Chris Russell, who just got this tweet along with me that just says Gardner Minshew, because he was trying to tweet you. And he tweeted Chris Russell Biz instead. Ah. And Chris Russell Biz is a is a ministerial advisor to the South Australian government. Well, isn't there Whoa. like uh, Chris Russell's like a defenseman for the Edmonton Oilers too? And th- right? this this guy has like 2019 followers. So this this guy in Australia is getting like what in tweet the world? saying oh, Gardner Minshew. Yeah. The hell is Gardner what? Minshew? I don't know, mate. What's Gardner Minshew? You know. I think, um, I mean, listen, we're all confused for pe- different people. Chris Russell, uh, spelled K-R-I-S, Russell, uh, is um, a hockey defenseman for the Edmonton Oilers. So I'm, I'm so I'm glad. I think there's like a musician named uh, actually, Pete Actually, I'm sorry. He's a free agent. He yeah, he yeah. wasn't signed by the Oilers. Right. There's, back. A, there's like a there's like a, a musician named Pete Medhurst, but mm-hmm. there's not many of us Pete Medhursts running around. Let's go back to the phones. Touchdown at ten continues. Mike Mayock joins us at eleven thirty. Jensen's in Columbia on line two. What's up, Jensen? Hey, good morning. Hey, Jensen. Woke up this morning and uh, unless my facts are wrong, cool disco Dan as a franchise in the playoff hunt. So I know there's a lot of sheep out there that always want to jump on the bandwagon and, you know, attack and talk about Jay-Z and 
Beezer or whatever the hell his name is, but got news for you. Dan Snyder's never missed a paycheck. You can check with Bruce Smith and Deion Sanders. So you guys dabble on two sides. One One's in Candyland where you think these guys are strictly going to sign up to, to get the trophy or – and then on the flip side, they're going to come for the money. And then on the other side, uh, you think these guys are going to give a hometown discount. So, you know, just like anybody else has ever played the game and put their hand in the dirt, it's all about execution. And when you get people straying from execution, that's when you know you're dealing with people that never played the game before. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I'm trying to figure it. That call was all over the map there. I, I mean, yes. Well, my- of well, course, it's about that, execution, but what what is the Dan Snyder? What, what, I I didn't understand the whole Dan Snyder connection to uh, being all about execution and just. What are you trying to say that well, Dan's Dan as the owner has done the right things to get this team into playoff contention? Well, I only I live in the now and the present. Uh-huh. See what I'm saying? Yeah. And then on on top of it, you got to keep in mind he's kicking butt on 27 other owners, fifth highest valued franchise in the NFL. Now, I know your station doesn't like to hear that. Well, that's not that's, his, that's not his business acumen. That's the, I mean, that's Washington D.C. being a top ten market. And no, you don't know that. that, that, that that's what do you mean? I don't know that. There. What are you so talking about? Do so you think that. Dan Snyder's get, business no. acumen is why they're the sixth ranked uh, team according to Forbes? No. Look, I'm a bottom line guy. I woke up this morning. And it's the fifth highest valued <sighs> franchise in the country, and he's kicking butt on toy. Look. You, you can play those games all day. What do you mean? One of the worst-run governments in the United States is corrupt to the core is, is uh, valuing this franchise with a, with, a, with a city that's a kept city that uh, sucks off the government teat? Are you kidding me? I mean, I have no idea where that guy was going. That was a weird call. Let's go to, let's go to a better caller. Roy in Brunswick. What's up, Roy? We know Roy is not out to lunch. Hello, Roy. Roy, is Brunswick <laughs> sucking go. off the uh, go- government of the state of Maryland? Is that how it's, yeah, is, is that how must, your small town's existing up there? I'm not sure what he, he must have got some like bad pre workout or something this morning. Um, I'm not <laughs> sure what happened. To him. Wow. Um, none of like I couldn't follow it either, and I was listening. Like some of them were analogies, and I don't know what the rest of it was, but I'm not sure. His point on execution is right. I'll give him that. Yes. His point that, on that execution was, the, was spot That was the on. only point that he made that had any relevancy or Nobody any was talking about Dan. Nobody was talking I mean, that we're not talking about Dan. This has nothing to do with Dan. This has to do with Ron and his football team. So yeah, he, the value he, he, of the team is is because they were a really good franchise before Dan ever bought it, and to prove that, even as he was 10, 15 years after he was losing in a row, it still gained value. So, I mean, that has nothing to do with Dan, but um, I, I think – initially you guys asked for a player and I think a stand, I think I got a prediction that, that Gibson will get a hundred all purpose yards. And, and I think we'll win around like 24, 17, maybe um, if they contain uh, Jones and, and if they play as well as they, uh, they did containing um, Barkley. Cause I think they did a really a better job against Saquon than they did um, you know, obviously against the quarterback, St. Jude's getting back will really help because some of those one-on-ones that they were throwing with with a guy his length, they might not even, you know, attempt to do that as much. I think they were just picking on on our uh, on our guy Christian. But the reason I say Gibson is because with our interior line being hurt, 
I don't know how efficient we're going to be trying to run uh, in between the guards. And I think we're going to have to go some off-tackle stuff. I think Samuel and, and McLaren and even Dotson need to get two or three jet sweeps. They've been setting that motion up for all year. I think they need to jet sweep a, a ton off of it. Because uh, I was telling Kevin this morning, like those corners that are, are backups, they're not only batting in coverage, but they're also not as good tackling. Dotson's touchdown most of that was after the catch of him just making you're them right. look silly. Yep. Where you're right. You, you know what I mean? So, yep. like, if you go off tackle, if Bates uh, can get a lot of uh, time blocking, because Logan, you know, been miserable. It seems like Logan and uh, Jordan Reed before him, like our, our skill tight ends have never been good at blocking. But if they uh, if they block well on the edge, I, I think we have to do a lot of it off tackle and, and a lot of quick pop passes. And like I said, swing passes quickly to slow down that pass rush, because if they take penalties or if they try to run up the middle and then guys are hanging on and it's first and 20, they're going to be screwed and they're going to lose the time of possession. And then uh, Payne and Allen are going to get worn down. So I, I think Gibson needs to get featured on multiple series where he's out there on first down so that it can either be pass or run and, and, and go from there. Roy, I appreciate the call. Roy brings up a good point too about penalties they cannot derail themselves offensively with pre-snap stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, if you if you're getting ready to get beat and you got to save your quarterback's life, you know, by grabbing on or one thing, that that's one thing. But pre-snap stuff, focus has to be there. You cannot give away. This offense is not built to consistently overcome itself giving away five free yards, especially you know, you got second down and four or something like that. You get a good first down play. You got second and four. And all of a sudden you have a pre-snap penalty to make it second and nine. You cannot do those things the way this team is equipped right now. And that is, that's such an underrated point coming into this game. There's got to be focus. There's got to be execution. But it's got to be as clean as possible. Uh, they just can't have the pre-snap stuff. Like I said, uh, f- penalties of physical nature... You know, where you get beat and you're trying to save your quarterback from taking a, you know, Rydell right in the back. Uh, I understand that. But the pre-snap stuff before the ball's ever snapped, uh, those things have to be at a minimum coming up this week because you just can't give away the free yardage and give away possessions as a result of it. Let's go to line five. Chris is in Hyattsville. What's up, Chris? What's up, guys? I don't know what that guy was all about, man. Uh, Trust me, we're still trying to figure it out. Listen, I have a message what was his name? We, who was the Dan Snyder uh, yeah. champion that had called? I, I believe it was yeah. uh, Dan in Columbia. Yeah, I forgot the name. Listen, Dan in Columbia, if you want to know something that's only the only thing less success, successful than the Washington football franchise in the past 25 years has been Dan Snyder's other business interests. Why don't you go try to find a Johnny Rocket somewhere in your neighborhood? Oh, you can or find one at FedEx Field. Check out how Fields. he did with... Yeah, that's about it. How's how's Six Six Flags doing since Dan Snyder got involved? Okay, hey, anybody remember Red Zebra Radio? How about that? Yeah, I do. I I worked for them for five years. Rooster remembers it oh so well. Exactly. Um, Listen, by the way, Rooster, why are you so obsessed with Juan Rivera's underwear habits? You you mentioned his. that he changes his underwear on certain frequency multiple times. Uh, mul- that, that I mean, multiple me. times might be a stretch. Uh, maybe twice. No, no, no. You, I know once you, today. You used that. I know once today. What was the analogy that I was using? Uh, he, he changes uh, something like he changes his underwear. Yeah, I, I don't can't know. Rem- I can't remember the his point mind, that I was making. Oh, he cha- yeah, he changes yeah. the message. That's what it was. Yeah. I mean, he does. Yeah. He changes the message well, all what? the time. 
all the time. Whatever the, is convenient as as, and whatever the media and fans will slurp up, that, that's what he says. You were mentioning earlier as to why they you know, didn't, didn't win the game and they tied the game. I blame Ron Rivera for drafting a defensive tackle in the second round, not re-signing Tim Settle or Matt Ioannidis, when they could have drafted an offensive lineman, which they desperately needed. Also, by the way, guys, can you tell me, is there some kind of falling out, or, or is Eric Flowers, like, are there pictures of him with children or something? Uh, why can't this guy Chris, get a call? You've, a, why, you, why, why? you've asked me this a couple of times, and I've explained it on the radio. I don't know if I've ever tweeted back. Let, let me ask you this. Eric Flowers, okay, has been let go or allowed to leave or cut or what have you twice by this particular coaching staff. Why would A, he want to play for them? B, because money is the, green. Money be green, Chris. Okay, but money but, be green. But, may, but not everybody has the need for money. Maybe he's taking care of his money. May, I mean, remember, he signed a three-year, thirty-plus million-dollar deal with the Dolphins. He got a lot of money from the Dolphins, not to mention all the other money that he's made. I mean, not everybody plays. He could come for, play four games and make a quick million bucks or something. I don't, I don't may, know. Oh, he's not going to make that much. But I mean, I, my, my point is, is they've let him go twice. They've let him walk out the door twice. They, they clearly don't think he's as. As as much of a difference maker as many fans do, or you know, as as he appeared to be at time. And I, I I'm not anti Eric Flowers. I'm just I'm just kind of wondering, like, if you're Eric Flowers and Washington called, I'd be like, yeah, you got rid of me twice already. <laughs> like, what you want me to come back again? I mean, it's like you know, I mean, I mean, I mean, it's like if you kick I your just, girlfriend they, out, they on got the, a revolving door at guard and center right now. They need I help, hear- and the guy played. DC, he played serviceably for this. One last thing. They don't have a revolving uh, door at so, left guard. They have it at right guard, and he's a left guard. But anyway. The offensive line is playing musical chairs right now, Chris. That's fair. At center and a right, so, at right guard, yes. Listen, if Taylor, my man, my, man. my buddy, <laughs> my sweetheart, Taylor Heineke, <laughs> if he takes this team to the playoffs and racks up at least one win, or plays well, there's no quarterback competition next season. You're not going to open up a quarterback competition with a playoff quarterback and a rookie. The only way that there's a new quarterback who's, that takes over next year is that they sign somebody. And I don't think this team has the money. I don't think Deron Payne's coming back. I don't think they're bringing in any big names. Because of this, the potential sale, because of how poorly they've done financially, they're one of the worst revenue teams in the league. Dan Schneider's... You know, you think Tom Brady's going to come here? Rooster, you got a better chance shacking up with Giselle than Tom Brady coming to Washington, okay? Hey, don't doubt me, pal. Mm. Rooster getting on the plane. Not for a minute. Not for a minute. Rooster getting on the plane, headed to Florida. Find him some Giselle, won't you? Have a good weekend. Appreciate you, Chris. Thank you, Chris. Hail Commanders. By the way... As if Jensen was a regular listener to the show, he would know. Oh, this. it's Jensen, yeah. Yeah, I was just because I was kidding. Yeah, Jensen would know if he saying. listened to the show. No one on DC's airwaves has been more fair to Dan Snyder than me. So, as much as you're trying to play, and because I've talked about how many resources Dan has put into this team uh, to to try and make it win, and you, you know ha- what, you have been fair, and you know you what, have been fair. and you know what, he might even be rejuvenated by this winning. It might. It might he may find a, try to go find a way to find more financing, get get some help because you know what people like money, 
And if you can become a minority partner and make money, there for all of the scoundrelness that has been in, you know, obviously a talk of the last year or so, there are people that still like to make money. Owning part of an NFL team helps you make money. Mm-hmm. Your investment, you will get return on your investment 99% of the time. So he can find somebody that would, would probably come and get in cahoots with him if he feels rejuvenated and ready to attack this again and 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 stay as the owner because his team is turning around from the football standpoint. That's the one thing we've always asked of his operation, get the football side of it right. They're doing that right now. 301-230-0980. Mike Mayock at 1130 this morning. Giants, commanders, how do they get it done this week or will they get it done? Do you see the other side? We'll see. 301-230-0980. Russell's got to look at what's trending. All right, we are brought to you by ExpressLanes.com. Heads up, the toll rate for vehicles taller than seven feet has uh, increased across the 495, 95, and 395 express lanes. Commuters don't stress nearly all personal vehicles are under seven feet, even SUVs and trucks. Learn more at ExpressLanes.com. All right, according to Dan Duggan of the New York Post, the Commanders are going to see an old friend on Sunday night, Landon Collins, expected to be promoted from the Giants practice squad, signed back with them a number of weeks ago. Landon Collins expected to make his return to FedEx. Of course, we will have all-day game day coverage and all-night game day coverage, game night coverage, I should say, including during the game and post-game, Doc, and the whole crew right here on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app on Sunday night. Meanwhile, breaking news from the NFL, Adam Schefter reporting. Jets doctors not going to clear quarterback Mike White for contact before their game against Detroit. So that means Zach Wilson is once again the starter for the New York J-E-T-S Jets at Jets against the hard-charging Detroit Lions. And finally, from College Hoops, Georgetown President Jack DeGuerre on Patrick Ewing last night at a charity function. Quote, if anyone deserves the benefit of our support, it's Patrick Ewing. And I just hope everybody stays behind him and he does everything in his power to turn this around. End quote. And that's what's trending. One two three zero zero nine eighty. Make your fantasy football corrections. Make your parlay corrections if you need to. No Mike White for the Jets this weekend. It's Chris Adam the trending. It's back to Zach Wilson. Doctors aren't going to clear White to play. So now Jets Lions. Mm. Zach Wilson mm. chance to sit back for a couple of weeks. Get get some humble pie. Get a little humility. On I mean. On paper, that's like that's a disaster for the Jets, right? I I, I do wonder though, and the Jets at seven and six need that game. Yeah, absolutely. Really bad, right? Sure. Um, I do wonder though, everybody's going to go to the window, punching their ticket on Detroit. Without question, right? everyone is going to go. Gaga. Jets still defense is great though. Yes. That Jets defense is going to keep them in the game. Yes, but everyone's going to go Gaga on Detroit. Yeah, absolutely, and. Can 
can the Jets, 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 Jets find a way to grind one out? You know, of course they're I my mean, favorite. Look, I mean, look, as everyone knows, you know, they're though, my favorite hey, team. What, what, what should? What's the greatest motivator? I mean, coaches tell you all the time, and I, I firmly believe it. Mm-hmm. Nothing motivates a player better than putting their ass on the bench. Yeah. The yeah. bench speaks loudly. That bench is hard. That yeah. wood is hard. Those yeah. chairs are hard. Yeah. Sitting there watching other people play is hard. Now, I don't know if Zach's been chilling with some Cougars in his New York City penthouse, you know, over the last couple of weeks while Houston he's been chilling. Cougars? Former number one in the country, beaten by Alabama last week. Good mm. week for Alabama. Holy mm-hmm. cow, a couple of great wins for them, beating Houston and Memphis in hoops this week. The, but, Jets, are, the Jets are one-point dogs right now. Yeah. Okay. That'll be interesting to How, see where that line goes. I was going to say by one o'clock Sunday, what would mm-hmm. you guess? I would say I would say it probably gets to two. Because that game's in New York, mm-hmm. right? Probably gets to two. I think it gets to three. Wow, that's a lot of movement. I mean, that would be a lot of that would be a lot of money swayed in the Honolulu Blue favor. I mean that's just that's a great font of blue, by the way. Yep. Honolulu blue. Honolulu. I'm just saying. Three one two three zero zero nine eighty line four. Sweet Lou in that Honolulu blue. What's up, Lou? What's up, P? What's going on, Chris? Lou. Happy Friday, fellas. All right, pal. Can you hear me? We have. Yeah, we got you, baby. Yeah, man. It's um. I'm not even gonna go back to the other guy, that caller, man. He don't know what he's talking about, but uh. Let's focus on the game, and I just uh, want to say a few things about, you know, what we're going to do on Sunday. I, you know, two weeks off. Well, not two weeks, but well, you could you could just say that two weeks, I guess, because but they they had the bye week, so I'm expecting Scott Turner, man, to to feed the skilled players, man, because you got Terry, you got Curtis, you got Logan. You know, the Giants got exposed last week, so they playing with. You know, an unknown corner, like the defensive back. I mean, the only person you could probably say is Fabian Monroe. He's he's not he's not shut down corner. So, if you feed Terry, like, at least 15 times, man, it's simple, pretty simple. Like, if we say it on the phone, like, to me, I mean, two weeks, that's that's a lot of time for me to watch the video uh, with the Giants. I mean, not, not the Giants, but the, uh, what Philly did. I mean, if they could, you know, expose him for close to 50 points, I mean, I'm expecting them to put up at least 30, 35 points, man. You can't tell me you can't put up 35 points on this weak Giants defense. I mean, I, I you know, the D-line is decent, but our O-line, they, they've been holding up. So, Heineke, protect the ball, feed the skilled players, bottom line. I mean, run the ball, feed the skilled players, and get some turnovers, and that's a, a, a winning success right there. So, if you could do that. I mean, you know, we we should we should run up to eleven, Chris. I know you say you wanted ten, but I'm 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 living at eleven because San Francisco ain't no threat to us. I mean, they just got a lights out defense, just just as much as we do. So they playing a quarterback with a rookie quarterback. So well, uh, well chance- but but I mean, when we okay, <laughs> the Commanders' defense is really good. If I don't right. think it's as good as San Francisco's. Am I wrong on that? Um, you could. You could argue, but I think, I mean, our D-line, man, I mean, beside our, you know, I mean, the corners, they coming alone, man. I, I know. You know, uh, Kendall and Benjamin, I mean, Benjamin, you know, he might get flagged here and there, but at the same time, I mean, he remember, he's missed the last he two makes... games. He could be rusty. I mean, who knows? Uh, I, I mean, listen, they, I, the, the big difference is they have Bosa, and as good as Jonathan yeah. Allen is, he's not Bosa, and Bosa is – 
And Bosa's not the only pass rusher. Uh, And not that, again, the commanders only have one pass. Again, I just think think the commander's defense is is good. Maybe very good. But it's not. I don't think it's as suffocating as San Francisco's is. But I could be wrong. Let's hope, by the way, um, Lou, Lou, appreciate, we got to roll. We got to appreciate the call. We got to get to the top of the hour here. Uh, let's also hope that um, if next week, if Nick Bosa falls on Taylor Heineke, um, Taylor is the beneficiary of one of those bogus uh, roughing the passer penalties. Mm-hmm. Another one of those last night, the Bosa call. I didn't think that was that terrible of a call. It's a bad call. I mean, I, I he hits the guy standing up. The guy then he hits, hits him, his he own hit- guy. Right, but he hits him. He hits him after he gets rid of the ball, and he and he falls on on him and driving it's, him into the ground. It's a bad call. He doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't drive I him mean, into the ground. They're trying they, to protect the quarterback. Chris, the offensive lineman broke the quarterback's fall at that point. The when Bosa hit him, he hits him into his own lineman, and then they both go down. That's a terrible call. I didn't think it was a terrible. It's call. a terrible call. Okay, it's a terrible call. You you can't be an NFL referee either. 301-230-0980. Stay out of the replay booth. We don't want you there. Mike Mayock, a half hour away right here on the Team 980, streaming live for free on the Odyssey app.